2: And now,
0: the host of the longest-running fight show in history. What are you doing? I'm starting a fight. He's
2: going to finish it for me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Pedro Fernandez.
3: Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This hour, your inside look in the world of combat sports. Straight up! My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion on the radio RS today. Of course, defending that timeline for better than 31 years, we're talking UFC 196, the night of upsets, the meltdown of Holly Holm losing the World Bannerweight Championship to Misha Tate, a big upset there, but wait, I'm not done, the mouth that roared has been silenced, no more Conor McGregor, anyway, as far as a pound for pound guy in the MMA, he ain't the guy, John Jones is, we'll hear from John Jones on today's show, we'll hear from Misha Tate on today's show, we'll hear from Nate Diaz, maybe we get some time, straight up, trying to reach out to Nate, of course he's coming home to Stockton, California, a winner last night, choking out Conor McGregor in round number two, so two big upsets, On the UFC card, we've got Bellator to talk about. Hey, and is Joe Rogan. Is he leaving the UFC? Is he leaving? Is he going to Bellator? There's rumors out there. I think Lorenzo, those guys, better lay down some money. If they don't, they're in trouble. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live. Check it. You're inside. Look in the world of boxing and MMA.
4: byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barn, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com/funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline Interview Library so that today's sports fans and those in the future We'll forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support.
5: Now more than ever, athletes are turning to massage therapy. When injuries and soreness take you out of action, get to the Spa at West Glen. RelaxDesMoines.com Dr. Heidi Cook. She has all the remedies for the athlete at the Spa at West Glen. And see Dr. Heidi each Thursday, Saturday and Sunday on Mediacom 22 822 High Definition. It's the Dr. Heidi Cook television show. Dr. Heidi Cook, the Spa at West Glen. Check them out at RelaxDesMoines.com. The Spa at West Glen. Nicholas Rowley, Courtney Rowley, Dominic Pechota are trial lawyers who deeply care about their clients. The Trial Lawyers for Justice Law Firm with offices in Des Moines, Waterloo, Decorah, Iowa, St. Paul, Minnesota, Chicago, and California. Trial Lawyers for Justice handles catastrophic personal injury, wrongful death, and medical malpractice cases throughout the country. The Trial Lawyers for Justice firm has won through caring about clients and refusing to settle cheap and believing in the justice system hundreds of millions of dollars in record-setting jury verdicts and settlements. Injury victims and their families will call 888 811 0844. 888 811 0844. And do it now if you believe you have a case and get the justice you and your family members deserve. Call 888 811 0844. Trial Lawyers for Justice.
0: with pedro fernandez you want to take a chance on that
3: how about them horns courtesy of the mighty tower of power you are tuned to ring talk live worldwide you're inside looking the world of mixed martial arts straight up Nate diaz the kid from stockton california the young man of course along with his brother nick diaz who assured the world they would never see mixed martial arts on late-night television ever again after having that riot. Of course, that brawl that broke out on CBS television a few years ago involving the Diaz brothers. Somebody looked at him wrong, and the bottom line is the fight was on. They fought for like three or four minutes on CBS television. CBS didn't know what to do. They just didn't know what to do. They said something like, uh, sometimes things happen in MA you really can't control. Anyway, that that's what happened. But anyway, Nate Diaz, last night. Went into the fight with Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, the world 145-pound featherweight champion. Of course, the man out of Ireland, the mouth that roared, the guy that took out Joe's layout the pound-for-pound pound king before, as far as MMA was concerned. But I got to tell you, Conor and Nate Diaz were fighting at 170 pounds. Nate Diaz usually fights at 155. Nate Diaz came in on eight days' notice. Eight days' notice. How do you prepare for a five-minute 5 round fight. 5 min 5 5 minute round fights. How do you, how can you do that in 8 days? You can't. So you have to think short. You have to think short. You have to think I got to make a move early. I've got to get this done early. If I don't get it done early, I'm not going to win down the stretch. There's no way I'm going 5 rounds and taking a beating from a guy that can punch. The best striker maybe. In, in MMA in Conor McGregor. I mean, he Conor can punch. you got to give it to him. In that first round, that left hook and that jab, they were finding home all over Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz occasionally would come back with a jab here and there, a jab here and there. But, you know, it was Conor McGregor winning the first round. I mean, he beat up Nate Diaz pretty good style. I mean, just was beating him up. God, the guy looked like he'd been beat with a club. Okay? Then round number two, things sort of changed around. of course, that submission, that rear naked choke took place at uh, four minutes and 12 seconds into round number two. No worse, Conor McGregor the mouth that roared, is no longer the mouth of war, no longer the fabled pound-for-pound pound king in MMA and the UFC, and they put him in that top slot. I never understood that. And that was, that's disrespectful of all the other guys that fight in the world of mixed martial arts, especially the UFC. When Dana White and these guys beat remember they had Anderson Silva ranked above Chris Wybin after Weidman beat him not once but twice? Remember that in the pound-for-pound pound ratings? What were they thinking? I mean, is that corrupt or something? Does, does Anderson Silva have pictures of... Of Dana White nude somewhere. Speaking of Anderson Sylvie was a loser last week. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um huh, Connor McGregor, what can I say? Uh going back to 145. Listen, welterweights 170, 155. That's why they have weight divisions. I told you. I can whoop guys, I could stomp just I could stomp ass at 140 and 135. I mean, I was probably world I was world class, ranked in the world, number 13 in the country at one point in time as an amateur. Okay, U.S. But huh, you know, you've got to be able to fight. You've got to be able to put it out there. I mean, you've got to be able to put all your acts together. And Conor McGregor didn't put it together last night. I mean, he thought he was so cool. He, he handpicked Nate Diaz. The hubris, the audacity. You know, the the, the 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 he was just he's just too much. He's a for lack of a better word, he's one of those he's a dick. That's what he is. There's lack of a better word. Of course, Ronda Rousey turned into a, a bit of a female, you know, one like that. I mean, because she became unbearable. Conor McGregor became unbearable. He's only been around like a year and a half or two years. Anyway, McGregor a loser last night, going back to 145, I guess, or 155. Of course, the fight we originally last set for last night was with Rafael Dos Anjos, the uh, UFC 155-pound lightweight champion, took that title from Anthony Pettis in a bit of an upset last year. But that, did, that didn't happen because he got, of course— uh, that's because of a big upset. Speaking of Nate Diaz, I think I've got some, some Nate Diaz audio. Nate Diaz post-fight last night.
6: You found him a little guy. You were fighting a little guy you felt tonight.
7: Well, I feel like we're the same way. I fight at 155, he's a big 45-pounder, you know. Uh, the weight, like I said, I don't think if I was 155, I wouldn't have been touched. It's to i have been sleeping, dodging. I had a fight camp. I got my weight down good. And this one, I like I said, straight off the boat in Cabo. I was in Cabo two weeks ago. Came home sick off of some Mexico water. And my weight was kind of low. And they like, you want to fight? I said, no, I got to take what I can get. Because ain't, they ain't giving me nothing. So uh, I guess I got to fight this guy like this. Let's do it. Rafael
5: Dos next for you, the total shot.
7: Hey, of oh, whoever, the biggest fight possible, I won.
3: Nate Diaz, of course, the uh, current champion as far as uh, beating Conor McGregor because he, he won the Battle of the Mouths, man. Nate Diaz can talk as well. I mean, Nate Diaz is not the smack talker that Conor McGregor is, but last night he made it work. The co-main event, we'll get to that in this next segment, but the co-main event, we'll hear from Misha Tate a little bit later. But Misha Tate, she came to fight. And, you know, mixed martial arts, boxing, when you've got one athlete competing against an athlete, it boils down to styles. Styles make athletic confrontations. Styles make fights. Holly Holm was supposed to be the better boxer last night. She was a girl, of course, to defeat Ronda Rousey. She was a girl that went 34-2-2 as a professional boxer. She held multiple world championships in the world of, uh, of the sweet science and pugilism. She was a boxing champion before she ventured off into the world of mixed martial arts. But when she went into the world of MMA, she went in there with one person in mind. And that was Ronda Rousey. She trained her entire MMA life as far as after boxing. Yeah, She did MMA as a kid. But after boxing, when she left boxing and said, I'm going to switch all my gears, put all my attention on mixed martial arts, the sole goal was to fight and defeat Ronda Rousey. I think once she did that, I think her bubble was burst a little bit. And, you know, Ronda Rousey, it was an easy fight for Holly Holm. It just was. I mean, from the referee's referee's, referee's instructions forward, it was all Holly Holm. She out-jabbed her. She out-punched her. Ronda Rousey ran in the punches. Ronda Rousey was shorter. She had no reach. She had no style. She had no way to get inside. She couldn't bob and weave. She was a sitting target. she get getting pot-shotted from the outside. she get kicked. She got took down. She got knocked out with a sweeping left hand, a left-footed kick, like a hook kick. In other words, have you seen the Joe Frazier hook that dropped Muhammad Ali in the 15th round? It was sort of like that. That kind of left hook, but it was a kick. And he, she kicked, she kicked Ronda Rousey right in the, knocked three or four of her teeth loose. Okay, Ronda Rousey won't be fighting anytime soon. And remember what Dana White said in December, I, I ran the tape on the show. The rematch is imminent. Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey. Uh, I'd have to be a fool not to have that fight happen. I, they'd have to take away my promoter's license. Well, they might be able to take it away because it ain't happening. It's not. And if it does happen, it won't have the luster that it had before. I mean, think about it. Holly Holm's been beaten now. Her bubble's been burst, much like Mike Tyson and Ronda Rousey before her. Once your bubble's been burst and you're that type of an athlete, I just don't think you come back at the upper echelons. I just don't see it. Speaking of Holly Holm, we'll talk with her conqueror. I'm talking about the great Misha Tate in this next segment of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Open phone lines, coast to coast, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. And if you want to see something graphic, Take a a look at the picture of Nate Diaz post-fight. It was ugly. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide via Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, CRN2, and the American Forces Network.
11: walking over towards the cage. Oh, it's a dogfight. Misha's got her back. Holly stands up. She's got to be careful. Misha's got her Misha neck. Misha looking to lock it in. Misha looking to choke her out. Whoa. She's got her back. Still has it. She's, got it. She's, tapping. She's, tapping. She's tapping. It is all over. Misha Misha T- It's a new UFC oh, Women's Festival oh. Champion. My God. Oh.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, referee John McCarthy has called a stop to this contest at three minutes, 30 seconds of round number five, declaring the winner by submission due to a rear naked choke, and new Undisputed UFC
11: featherweight Champion of the world. Champion, old Misha Tate. How does that sound? I waited so long to hear you say that, Joe. It's been such a journey for you. Give me your thoughts on the fight. She's capable of catching anyone at any moment, so I knew I had to play it patient and find the perfect moment. You know, she's a very calculated fighter, and uh, it's obviously a very emotional moment for me. You had amazing success in the second when you took her down. You dominated her from the top. But then she went those other two rounds after that, stifling your takedown attempts. What were your thoughts going into that fifth and final round? I knew I had to finish the fight. You know, I had to find that perfect time. I had to be perfect in the fifth round. You know, was, like I said, patient in those other rounds. And it's like, I might have, she edged me out in those, you know, few of those rounds, if not three. So I knew the fifth round was important. It was about two minutes to go, and look up at the big screen. And I want you to enjoy this, because you earned this. You went for this. This was not an easy takedown. And she tried, desperate to defend it. You scrambled behind her. She tried to stand up. You dragged her down. I mean, this is touch and go right here. You, you, you were holding on as much as you could. But when she tried to flip you over, this is really where it all came together for you. You were holding on to that neck. You sunk it in, and she tries to shake you off. And give me your thoughts. What was going through your mind right here? I thought I had to be like a pit bull on a bone. I couldn't let go of it. There was, she wasn't getting out of that one. So. And she tried not to. She tried not to tap. She's got a lot of heart. I mean, not many people wouldn't tap out. She went out like a champion. I have so much respect for this woman. And uh, I thank her so much for stepping in here tonight and giving me everything she had. Misha, you fought a gutsy, intelligent, strategic fight. And when you had to do it, you went for it. Congratulations. You are the new bantamweight champion of the world. Misha Tate, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: You know, everyone has their moment of picking themselves off the floor. And I'd gone through several of mine, but no one had, had actually seen me go through it. And maybe I just had to be that example of picking myself off the floor for everyone. And maybe that's what I'm meant for.
3: Bottom line is, Misha Tate's the right stuff. Ronda Rousey, maybe not. So Misha Tate now 18-5 and as a pro in the world of mixed martial arts. Of course. Former force title holder, man, she was the real deal. you got to give her props, like I said. Giving up size and uh, some boxing ability last night to the former world champion as far as the world of uh, the, uh, hand-to-hand combat and boxing. So, of course, Holly Holm having won many world titles. But last night, Misha Tate, was, she was just on top of her game. you really got to give her props. And as far as Conor McGregor is concerned, of course, him and Nate Diaz having that that that, that eh, bit of an upset. You know, Conor picked him. The hubris, the the, uh, the the cockiness of Conor McGregor, he picked Nate Diaz. He basically called Nate Diaz a punk that's going to make a few bucks. That's what he's tried to say. He implied that on many broadcasts, podcasts, on TV, building up to the fight. The last eight to ten days, of course, came on on late, uh, a late notice because, you know, originally Conor McGregor was supposed to fight at 155. He was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Santos, the lightweight champion. In fact, they're going to fight at UFC 200 now, July 9th, 2016, in Las Vegas. But at least that's the way it's planned. But Conor McGregor, you know, he couldn't fight Dos Santos because Dos Santos got hurt. So instead of fighting at 155, Nate Diaz came in and fought him at 170. And guess what, Conor? You found out that fighting at 168, 170 is not the same as fighting at 145. Better go back to featherweight. In fact, I think that Rafael Dos Santos is going to pull a bit of an upset when they do hook it up at the UFC 200. That's uh, on July the 9th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. I'm calling it right now. I'm picking Rafael Dos Santos to handily defeat Conor McGregor. The, the myth has been beaten. He's been beaten. I'm telling you. Much like Mike Tyson when he was destroyed by Buster Douglas, the meltdown of Mike Tyson, of course, by uh, by James Buster Douglas, the humble one that he is, in uh, February of 1990, turned Iron Mike into aluminum foil back in eight or nine, ten rounds. It was all over. Okay. Same thing here. Conor McGregor beaten last night beaten. He had to submit. He had to give up. He had to admit that he was number two. He's never done this before, and I'm telling you, psychologically, I don't think he can recover. That's how big of an ego he's got, so I think Nate Diaz won last night. I think Nate Diaz did the sport of mixed martial arts, a great service, and taking care of Conor McGregor, submission, rear naked choke, the second round, four minutes and 12 seconds, and of course, Misha Tate, a winner over Holly Holm. That's for the title at 135. Iri Latifi, Airy Latifi beat Gian LaValente. That was in a light heavyweight bout. We'll hear from John Jones. Speaking of light heavyweights, John Jones upcoming in our next segment. Of course, the World Light Heavyweight Champion. We're going to take on Daniel Cormier in the next UFC pay-per-view, UFC 197. We'll get to that in detail in the next segment. But last night, John Jones, you can hear from his interview, he was sad. And, of course, Holly Holm is his, his stablemate. I mean, Holly Holm's been with John Jones from the beginning. They've both been in the same gym in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, you know, things happen. John Jones, the man, now at 205 pounds, coming back, going to take on Daniel Cormier for his title. Of course, Cormier, given the championship, won, John, won that John Jones had to give up because he got into a car accident in April of last year. And, of course, it was a hit-and-run car accident where there was weed in the car, that kind of good stuff. So, you know, and condoms. I don't know what John was doing around driving around at 5 o'clock in the morning with condoms in his car and all that kind of drug test material, all that kind of good stuff, and some weed to boot. And, of course, he did the hit-and-run, but not once, but twice, he hit and run, he, he, he did the accident, person got hurt, he got out, he ran away, then he came back, got some money, and left again. Didn't, have, didn't want to leave that money. Anyway, John Jones and Daniel Cormier, we'll talk about that in the next segment of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Tom Lawler, one of my UFC favorites, a guy with a great personality, he was a loser last night. A unanimous nod to Corey Anderson, a light heavyweight bout. Another women's bantamweight bout, Amanda Nunes. I think they call her, they, she, she, she can fight. I think she can fight. She took out Valentina uh, Shemenshenko with a decision in three rounds, 29-28, 29-27. In other words, two rounds one. Uh, two rounds. Anyway, the bottom line is she won the fight going away, I thought. I looked at the fight on paper going in. I thought that Nunes and, and Valentin was being an even fight. But Nunes showed that she is superior. Some other fights on the card. Not really of note. Brandon Thatch was a loser. I thought he was going to win that one. Uh, Vitor Miranda was a winner over Marcelo Gomez And Diego Sanchez. Remember him? The USC vet. Well, he was back on the Fight Pass card. We're talking about the prelim card. Taking out the cowboy Jim Miller with a unanimous nod across the board. And opening the fight fight card on Fight Pass was Teruda Ishihara taking on uh, Julian Isirosa, that was a KO in two rounds, 34 seconds and all. Now, when you look at the time uh, that this fight was put together, I mean, you know, 8 to 10 days, you only got to give Nate Diaz some props here, man. And guess what? The house did well. $8 million, uh, $8 million gate, $8.1 million, 14898 paid. That's pretty good, no question about that. $8 million gate. I mean, God, boxing wishes they could do that, but $8 bucks. But can the UFC do that with the, with the people other than your top two or three guys. I mean, you know, John Jones can do that. Um, Conor McGregor was able to do that. We don't know if he'll able to do that in the future. But, you know, these big paydays, there's only a few guys who can produce that. Ron Rousey was producing big paydays as far as pay-per-view numbers were concerned in the UFC, but she's done, okay? And, of course, her conqueror, Holly Holm, she's done. Nobody's going to want to see Holly Holm a whole lot anymore, Sorry, Lenny Fresque, but you had your normal moment in the sun. I know he's probably saying, damn, Pedro's you know, dissing me the day after I my, my girl lost us. And then, But, you know, no, 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 you had your 15 minutes of fame, Lenny. It's over with. Take your millions of bucks, go back to Hawaii, and stick it in your ear, okay? I don't care how many restaurants you own in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You've been a turd the last few years to a lot of people, including me. And as far as my, the, the great amount of respect that I have for you, I have a lot of respect for your wife, but little for you. Of course, he is a promoter of Holly Holm, the former World Bantamweight Champion out Albuquerque, New Mexico. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. So of UFC 196 and the bank, UFC 197 coming up. Of course, we'll talk with John Jones in just a couple of minutes. But some of the other cards, of course, man, I'm talking about Frank Mir. Frank Mir is a bad dude. Two-time UFC heavyweight champion. I had him in the studio. He saw my wall of fame out here at the Sports Byline Studios. Going down under, Australia taking on Mark Hunt. Of course, Mark Hunt the throwing Samoan, the slowing Samoan, one of those 265-pound guys that comes down for like 310 pounds, so he weighs 265 in in the octagon or at the weigh-in, ends up weighing like 280 come fight time. That's why John Jones probably shouldn't mess with heavyweights. We'll talk about that with Johns and heavyweights, him fighting heavyweights a little bit later in the show. John Jones is going to go deep on that. Anyway, Frank Beer and Hunt going in the main event. That'll be on uh, Fox Sports 1, March of 20, from the Brisbane Entertainment Center in uh, Brisbane, Australia. Frank Muir needing a win desperately. The former two-time UFC heavyweight champion needs a win desperately, of course. Long in the tooth. People thought that after that, he was a UFC heavyweight champion. Then he got into a motorcycle accident. He was a bit of, you know, he was a a reckless guy. He got into a motorcycle accident, and they asked him, please don't ride the motorcycle, please don't ride the motorcycle. But he did, and he screwed up his leg, broke his leg in his hip or something like that. And they thought he'd never come back because the injury was that bad. But he's come back, and he's done well. He's won a few fights. He's lost a few fights, but He's lost a couple in a row now, so I think if he doesn't defeat Mark Hunt down under, of course Mark Hunt being the crowd favorite in Australia, seeing he's from New Zealand, which is like six blocks away, uh, if he doesn't beat Frank, if he doesn't beat Mark Hunt, the career is probably over for Frank Mir, Frank Santos Mir, uh, the UFC heavyweight champion. Great guy, great personality. He's got a future in TV. I think he does. Uh, he and yeah, you know, he's one of those great guys. I mean, he's got it. He really got it as far as standups concerned. He can do the standups. He can talk. He's sort of like Rick Flair to an extent, but Frank Muir, one of the better speakers. And if he doesn't win against Mark Hunt, it's all over. On the same card, Neil Magny taking on Hecker Lombard. Lombard, the former middleweight champion of the uh, Bellator, of course, dropped down to 179, of course. Didn't he get popped for steroids? Didn't he come dirty in the steroid test about three or four, about six months ago, a year ago? I thought he did. I'm not sure. I'll check on that after the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of mixed martial arts girls. We're talking about the big upsets. Two of them, not one, two of them. Conor McGregor getting smoked by Nate Diaz. Huge upset. Even bigger upset, Holly Holm getting lit up like the White House Christmas tree by Misha Tate. In fact, you heard that interview with Misha a little bit earlier. She thought that she had lost those rounds. I thought she was doing well in those rounds, but she she, in her mind, she had lost those rounds. So, you know, as we went to the scorecards in the fourth round, I would have thought that Misha Tate would have been up. Some people thought the fight was even. Some people even thought that that Holly Holm was winning three rounds to one. I don't know how they saw that, but the bottom line is at the end of the night, the winner by submission, in round number five, the new World Bantamweight Champion, Misha Tate. They call her Cup Down, Cupcake, they call her Takedown. She gave up a lot of height, a lot of reach, a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I mean, she's got it going on. She's from Las Vegas, Nevada. She's the real deal. I hope to have her on the show in the near future, of course. I think I had her on, I had her on like five, six years ago when she was in force. She was a Strike Force champion, I believe, and she was fighting out of San Jose, California. Of course, a lot of big fights in San Jose back in the day when Nina Carano was selling out the HP Pavilion, of course, the home of the San Jose Sharks, the National Hockey League. I mean, that was a big MMA town. I mean, man, Force was sell out show after show after show after show there. Kung Lee, I can say, and other guys, they were selling off thousands of tickets down there. But then Strike Force was bought up by the USC. and this is where I've got the problem with the UFC, is that when they brought this... When they bought the brand, the Strikeforce brand, it eliminated this sort of local cars, these local national televised cards in San Jose, California. So it sort of took another element of MMA away from the fan. Right now we've got Bellator. We've got, uh, that's basically it, World Series of Fighting. I don't think they're really a contender, but Bellator is trying to make a move. We'll talk about that Bellator and more after the John Jones interview in our next segment of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Open phone lines, coast-to-coast, coast, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Fighter of the week, no doubt about it. Misha Tate, the new world bantamweight champion.
2: That's 800-296-0906.
1: Portions of today's show are sponsored by Try Lawyers of Justice Law Firm with offices in Beverly Hills, Chicago, San Diego and throughout the state of Iowa. Try Lawyers for Justice handles catastrophic personal injury, wrongful death, and medical malpractice cases. The law firm has won, through caring about its clients and justice, hundreds of millions of dollars in record-setting jury verdicts and settlements for injury victims and their families. Call 888 811 now if you believe you have a case and to get the justice you and your family members deserve. Real trial lawyers who care. Feel free to check them out online. Their website is TLthenumber 4 jcom TLthenumber 4 jcom Trial Lawyers for Justice. Their phone number once again, 888-811-0844, with offices in Beverly Hills, Chicago, San Diego, and Iowa.
10: My joints used to kill me. a few days so if you have knee pain back pain and you've tried everything, try oil can joint lubricant risk-free right now. I'm confident you'll have fewer aches and pains within days, or we will gladly refund your money. Call right now. 800-989-1795, 800-989-1795, 800-989-1795, 800-989-1795.
0: I think that he's becoming a very capable striker, and he's starting to enjoy it. I still don't think that uh, he realizes you know, a high-level striking of the UFC guys. I think that uh, eventually, no matter what happens, he's going to go for a shot and go for a takedown. And then uh, you know, on the ground, I just don't see him simulating. I think actually fighting Josh Barnett was probably a bad thing for him because he might feel a certain amount of confidence by going to the ground with me. And the difference is you know, Barnett and I are a little different. Uh, you know, Barnett's a great grappler. I just don't think he has the same finishing abilities that I do. I have a who's who on when I catch a hold of a limb I don't think anybody's going to, you know, whether they like me or not, they're not going to argue about the fact that I don't finish fights when I get a hold of someone. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
5: Buffalo! (laughs) Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four.
3: 41 minutes past the hour. Get on up. Dana White probably never went to sleep last night. I'm serious. I mean, you know, two of his biggest stars getting beat—probably the pound-for-pound pound, uh, queen of MMA, no doubt about that. Holly Holm, of course, getting licked like a stamp by Misha Tate, and that really like dooms this rematch between she and Holly, uh, she and Ronda Rouse. Of course, that would be the multi-million-dollar, like you know, the king of pay-per-view type of fight. But that's not going to happen. If it does happen, it will not have the luster that it once did. I mean, Dana's sitting there probably scratching his head right now saying, you know, I just don't know what's going on. It's not the menus disease that's got him off balance. It's these upsets. I mean, come on. Things just don't look good for the UFC right now. You look at the heavyweight championship, they've got a, you know, a somewhat p- pedestrian fight coming up for Edith, for doom and uh, steel. Kick. I mean, come on. That's that's not a fight we really want to see. It really don't. But the fight we want to see coming up at UFC 197, no doubt about it. I'm talking about John Jones and Danny Cormier, Cormier being uh, referred to by Frank Mir and that soundbite coming into this uh, piece. Of course, he was talking about uh, Cormier being too small, not being able to strike him. Well, guess what? Cormier beat Frank Mir for the strike force Heavyweight Championship, that tournament down there in San Jose, California. Of course, that sort of put Cormier on the map. Now Cormier fighting in his more natural, 205 pounds, taking on John Jones, defending the title that John Jones once had, April twenty third, two thousand sixteen, MGM Grand Hotel. Here is John Jones. John, we
7: just saw a pretty amazing night yeah. in UFC history. Well well, well it wasn't absolute it wasn't totally amazing, you know. My girl Holly Holm had a defeat you know, I don't mean so. amazing in a positive way, more just oh, amazing somewhat crazy, for shocking. Yeah, yeah, for
12: the fans. It was it was quite the night to watch for sure. Well, I got to ask you about the main event first because just yesterday I asked you about Conor McGregor's statement that he was the number one through nine best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. And I saw that you posted something on Instagram, yeah. a response, if you will. For those that missed it, what's the response now?
7: I just, I just took a picture, uh, me and Demetrius Johnson, which just happened to sit right next to each other. So um, I just took a picture with Demetrius, and we put up the number one and number two pound-for-pound pound just as a, a little poke, you know what I mean, um, I've never come at Conor McGregor in a negative way. I've never said nothing bad about the guy. Um, if you go back and look, I've, I've given numerous interviews saying how I think he's great for the sport, how he's exciting, you know, just saying so much positive stuff about him. And he took it into his own hands to go out of his way to challenge me, to to um, challenge my position in the sport. So, you know, I thought I'd be only fitting to
12: throw a little poke at him in the, at this time. So... As someone who has flirted with going up, is there a lesson to be learned here tonight with what happened to him? Flirting with, him, flirting with going up, what do you mean? To heavyweight. You flirted with the idea oh, well, of moving up and yeah. fighting bigger guys. Yeah. Do you look at that now and say, like, maybe I should just stick around at 205?
7: Well, you know, going up to heavyweight's a little bit different from going to, you know, from 150 to 170, you know. These heavyweights are, these guys could weigh a hell of yeah. a lot more than me, you know what I mean? I think Conor weighed in almost at 170, yeah. right, where well, these heavyweights could be almost 265, you know what I mean, so... It's a little different scenario. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm still game to go to heavyweight and, and entertain a super fight. I've always said it has to be against the right opponent. You know, I, I would like to fight one of these smaller heavyweights, like a Cain Velasquez, like a Verdum, these guys who are weighing around 245, 240. Um, I could see myself going at, going at it with these guys pretty well. But, yeah, the the... The Mark Hunts and the and, uh, Bigfoot Silvas and all, all these gigantic guys, these are guys where I would have to actually focus on putting on some solid weight before getting in there and mixing it up with them for five rounds.
12: I have to ask you about Holly because I know you guys are so close. Do, do you hurt for her right now? Have you had a chance to speak to her? Absolutely. How difficult was it for you to watch that?
7: Well, um, it was really difficult for me to watch the fight. You know, First of all, I want to start by saying congratulations to Misha Tate. Um, Misha and I have always been very cordial with each other. She's um, just a very sweet person, very sweet girl. Um, So congratulations to her for her success tonight. But at the same time, Holly Holm, uh, she's a winner through and through. She's a champion through and through. And uh, this is only going to motivate her. She's definitely going to come back a hell of a lot stronger. Um, You know, I I told Holly tonight that, you know, working on that position, um, that back, you know, having her back taken, working on her guillotine, not guillotine, but her uh, rear naked choke defense, she wins this fight 10 out of 10 times. I honestly believe Holly wants to fight ten out of ten times. Uh, when we attack that position and, and really work on that that hole that we found in her game tonight, um, but yeah, um, Holly Holly is is very young in the sport. You know, she she definitely has uh, shocked the world with beating Ronda Rousey and things like that. But this is only her, her fourth fight in the UFC, so I mean, she's really just getting started. So um, Holly has a very very bright future. Um, she's she's positive. She's in the place she needs to be. She's gonna come back really strong from this. I guarantee it. Mark my words. Mark my words. She will hold that belt again. I have no hesitation saying that.
12: Final quick thing. What a weekend for you. Your first weekend back in the UFC. You had the press conference. A lot of people thought you got the better of Daniel. A huge ovation from the crowd. I mean, this this has been other than the result. And of course, I know she's your friend. But this couldn't have gone better for you, right?
7: Yeah, I had a pretty good week out here in Vegas, you know, to get out back in front of the fans and, and to just be open and honest with them for really the first time in my career, just having everything out there for them to see. Um, and to see the way they've received me has been tremendous. You know, it's, it's, it's scary when you tell the absolute truth about where you're at in your life and, you know, struggles with, with sobriety and just, just just everything about me is really out there right now and uh it 's really freeing to be in this position to just not be hiding anything and just get to move forward in my life and yeah I feel great man. It feels really good. thank you to all the fans who who stuck by me and who still support me and who are excited for me um it, it it's, it's just so energizing for me as an athlete and I really appreciate everyone so much
12: you feel like you got one up on daniel this weekend oh
7: daniel can 't hang with me yeah i i've uh, I've had a lot of mental like battles with with every opponent. Chael and Chell's a great talker, but I mean, I've, I don't feel like I've ever lost the mental war for a battle with any opponent. And in, in before a fight, um, Daniel just if you mean, really watch him, he just he crumbles. He crumbles when he's around me, dude, and it's it's funny. He turns into a total baby. Just it's funny.
12: Welcome back, John. Thank you for this. Ariel Helwani, my man. <laughs>
3: 21-1, and one, I'm talking about John Jones, of course, was qualified in that one loss. Again, it was a Mark Hamill where he elbowed him on the ground or something like that. But he'd be undefeated, 22-0. and 21-1 is John Jones. Uh, Daniel Cormier, 17-1, and 1, fought most of his career at heavyweight. As I said, winner of the aforementioned strike Strikeforce Heavyweight Grand Prix Tournament down there in San Jose, California, which was televised. Uh, was a strike force promotion which was televised on Showtime. So, I mean Cormier fought most of these big guys. He beat Frank Mir, he beat Josh Barnett. Those are four two, former two USC heavyweight champions. So, he was thought to be the uh the I thought he had a, was a live underdog against John Jones when they fought in January of last year. But guess what? John Jones and Daniel Cormier, they're not in the same league. They're not I mean, John Jones is Head and shoulders above everybody else right now as far as light heavyweights concerned. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, he beat Cormier in every round, in every aspect of the game. He out-wrestled Daniel Cormier. Cormier is a wrestling coach for the former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez. He is the guy, the number one guy in the Cain Velasquez camp as far as wrestling is concerned. Former uh, Olympian as far as wrestling is concerned. Former Pan Am game. I mean, this guy's got a solid wrestling base, but guess what? John Jones took him out of his game John Jones is incredibly strong. He's a freak. He's 6'4", he's 205 pounds, and he is the real deal. Pound for pound, the number one guy in all of mixed martial arts out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Recognize that. Talk about John Jones, of course, taking on Cormier, USC 197. Now, on that same card, this is going to rock. April the 23rd, of course, 2016, MGM Grand Garden Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. But the number two guy, and you heard John talk about that, in the interview that was conducted by Bloody Elbow. Want to give Bloody Elbow all kinds of love, folks. BloodyElbow.com. That's right. BloodyElbow.com. Lots of M- MMA news there. Incredible MMA news. Good writers. Good reporters. Good good, good stuff, man. Check them out. BloodyElbow.com. But in that interview with John Jones, you talk about the number two guy, pound for pound in the world. And that, in the minds of a lot of people, is Demetrius Johnson, the boring flyweight champion, 125 pounds, defending his title on that same card with Cormier and Jones. That's going to be against Henry Sujado. A uh, big deal. I don't know about Jen. Listen, for some reason, Demetrius Johnson is so much better than these guys that he's fighting that it doesn't look good. I don't know how that is. If I dominated guys, if I was so much better than guys, I think I'd look even better and spectacular doing so. But he just doesn't look spectacular enough. For some reason, he just doesn't get, you got to watch Viagra. So you got to take a little Viagra once in a while to get up to watch Demetrius Johnson, the world flyway champion. That's what I'm trying to say. On the same card. The former lightweight champion, the aforementioned Anthony Pettis, a man I thought that was headed for his superstardom in the world of mixed martial arts, until he lost that title to Rafael Dos Santos. Wow. Oh, man. Rafael Dos Santos, of course, and Conor McGregor doing a UFC 200 on July the 9th. But, you know, Pettis taking on Edson Bardot, Barbosa. Barbosa, pretty good fighter. He's fought at welterweight. He's dropping down to lightweight. He's also talked about, I take that back at featherweight, and now fighting at lightweight. But he's also talked about moving up to welterweight. So, Edson Barboza, a guy that really doesn't know where he's going, just looking for a payday. I think he loses here against Anthony Pettis. Robert Whitaker and Rafael Natal going at it. The middleweight is 180 pounds and 185 pounds. And the featherweight is 145. Yali Rodriguez and Andre Fiji. No women's fights on that card. So no women's fights in the UFC as far as the next uh, fight card on Fox Sports 1 is concerned. And if you want to watch most of the UFC... You've got to have Fox Sports 1. I know people talk about pay-per-view and this and that, but you can get by without the pay-per-view sometimes. You just can't, especially if you don't have the money. I mean, 70 bucks that's a lot of money to spend, maybe once or twice a month. If you're a boxing freak and a mixed martial arts freak, and maybe you like pro wrestling as well, well, guess what? You're sort of screwed because if you do all three events, you're going to spend like 125 bucks a month. That ain't happening. This ain't happening. Speaking of the heavyweight champion, I want to bring him up. Ferbis Perdum. Supposed to take on, of course, Kane Velasquez in the rematch. First Kane got hurt, and then Verdoom got hurt. Now it looks like Kane's not even in the title picture anymore, or maybe Dana White has just erased him from the picture. But UFC one ninety eight will be in uh Cariba, Cortiba uh, Brazil March May the fourteenth. And the uh main event of course would be Ferdisperdoom and Steel Miyokic. And I just Steel Miyokic, I'm just not into this fight as far as the heavyweight championship is concerned. He's gonna go down, and he's defend his title at home, but it's really not going to have the luster that I think it needs. And some of the other fights as we go down the year, as far as the UFC is concerned, it all boils down to that that UFC 200 fight. That's what's going to, that's what's going to be the barn burner of the year. Rafael Dos Santos is going to put a licking on Conor McGregor. Now, Conor's talking smack. He's been talking smack. But listen, Dos Santos had the last laugh. I mean, come on, man. Go back to featherweight. You could dominate guys. Listen, I knew guys that when they fought and they were bigger than other guys, and they were macho guys, you know, 140. At 139 and 140, I could smoke anybody on the planet, I thought. I really felt that confident, okay? When I went to 147, it wasn't happening. Welterweight is not the same. It's a different world. They're bigger athletes. They hit harder, and that was only an 8-pound jump. So these guys in in the UFC are jumping 10 pounds. And with the weight-cutting ability of some of the UFC athletes nowadays, of course, Cutting weight and then putting uh, intravenous fluids back in your body and things like that. I mean, you know, they're pretty hip, they're pretty hip at this as far as cutting the waist is concerned, and they're cutting more than 10 to 12 pounds. And some of these guys cut like 35 and 40 pounds. Conor McGregor comes down from a reputed 185 pounds, weighing 170 for this fight, taking it back 168. He is the featherweight champion. Will we ever make it back to featherweight? He may have to humble his way back to 145 and defend that title because I don't think he's winning at 155 against Rafael Dos Santos. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. One segment to go. This is the MMA Hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, we air you Saturdays for an hour. Boxing at MMA, 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on the West Coast. So we come back Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, an hour of boxing and an hour of Mixed Martial Arts live on the Sports Byline Network, of course, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, AFN Radio, and my buddy Mike Horn and CRN2.
2: Hey there, travelers. You going somewhere? Need a hotel? Then call Hotel Wiz anytime, day or night, for rates too low to publish. You can save up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe and get our best price guarantee with no booking or cancellation fees ever. We've got some of the lowest hotel prices you'll find in New York, Chicago, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and a lot more. Don't waste your time surfing for deals. Make a free call right now and find deals too low to publish. Save up to 75% right now with no cancellation fees. And to make it even easier on you, we're here 24-7 to help. So call right now. Bookmark us in your cell phone. Whatever you need to do, just pick up the phone and call this number for hotel deals that'll knock your socks off. 800-507-3777, 800-507-3777, 800-507-3777, 800-507-3777.
10: 800-507-3777, 800-507-3777, 800-507-3777, 800-507-3777. We all know health care has changed drastically. It's quite the puzzle to sort through your options and find a health insurance plan that's affordable and maximizes your benefits
6: Financing is easy with your credit card or PayPal credit. Call now 1 800 427 0183. 1 800 427
0: 0183. That's 1 800 427 0183. 1 800 427
3: 0183. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. People got to understand this here. uh We all can have dreams, but the dream never chase us. We have to chase the dream. Well we looked at all the uh, the fanfare over Holly Holm getting beaten up by a Tate and of course uh... <laughs> burger being dusted by, I gotta laugh about that, by Nate Diaz, is a fight that took place in the uh, UK last week, O2 Arena, I'm talking about Michael Bisping, the count be defeating Anderson Silva, the spider, of course, the former middleweight champion decision was unanimous, 48-47, 48-47, and 48-47, so in other words, he won by one round, three rounds and two. Talking about Michael Bisping. Some people thought the scoring was controversial, but Silva's not complaining. And Silva, of course, the guy that caught caught with not one, but two anabolic steroids in his system when he fought Nick Diaz about a year ago. I think he should have been banned from the sport, but they allowed him to go. But that was a big fight for Michael Bisping. The count, of course, the count having been licked by Vitor Belfort when Vitor was taking those Performance enhancing drugs that were sanctioned by the UFC, sanctioned by the Nevada City Athletic Commission. I'm talking about steroid replacement therapy. This being coming up on the short end of a fight with Vitor Belfort after that. That's what prompted the UFC to stop the HDH and all the the uh, steroid replacement systems, all that kind of good stuff. They threw it all out the window. If you're not ready to compete, you just can't compete. Gagar Masassi was a winner. He beat Theos Lele, so that was a pretty good fight, 30 to 27 across the board. Some of the other winners on that fight. Tom Brees was the winner, and so was David Grant. That was down under. Straight up, you are tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside look at in the world of boxing and MMA. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Pacific time for an hour on Sports Byline, talking both boxing and MMA. Then we go again Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, an hour of boxing and an hour of mixed martial arts. Wait, wait, I'm not done. We come back Monday, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, 5 p.m. Pacific time, one hour of boxing, one hour of mixed martial arts. So next week, I thank the great producer that I have, the great Scott Cuddy. Until then, peace, love, lots of respect, and I'll see you soon.